Welcome to Money Talks, a series of interviews with me, Liam Halligan, Economics and Business Editor of GB News. In this episode, I talk to Kieran O'Hagan, Managing Director of Specialist Joinery Group near Coleraine in Northern Ireland. A family-owned firm, SJG has been trading since the late 1980s and employs around 150 people. Producing bespoke joinery in wood, metal and glass, SPG's fulfilled prestigious contracts across the world and was commissioned to design, build and install the altar furniture for the Papal Mass during the Pope's visit to Ireland in 2018. In this wide-ranging interview, Kieran O'Hagan draws on his extensive business experience as he describes his vision of Northern Ireland's commercial future. The interview was originally broadcast as part of GB News Northern Ireland Week in November 2021. Kieran, tell us a little bit about the history of this company. This is quite a big operation. It's a, thank you. It's a reasonable operation. Uh, history is my father started the business um, in 1988, um, which is almost 34 years ago, and it started from uh, a seat and it has grown into a, what we would like to describe as an oak tree, but it is on its way to being a mighty oak tree. You're employing directly and indirectly here in Northern Ireland upwards of 250 people. That makes you a major employer. Tell us about the nature of what you do here at Specialist. Well, I believe here at Specialist um, we do a bespoke joinery manufacturer was our initial uh, business. We now do bespoke joinery bespoke metal and bespoke glass manufacture. Um, because the industry has changed so much where you have joinery is not just about timber today, it's about the incorporation of metal, glass, stones, corians, solid surfacing, fabric. It's, it's just bringing it all together. And our overall ambition is to bring all of them things within the realms of specialist group. I understand that when the business started out, your father and then yourself, you specialised in building Irish pubs that were sold around the world. So if there's an Irish pub in Dubai, an Irish pub in um, in Moscow, an Irish pub in Kazakhstan, the likelihood is that specialist joinery group put it together. Yes, correct. But you've now moved on from that. We have moved on from that. Um, it, was a, it was a major market at one point in time where an Irish pub manufactured in Ireland, designed in Ireland, manufactured in Ireland, and installed anywhere in the world. We've did projects, um, as you said, Moscow, Kazakhstan, Heineken headquarters in New York. Um, that market died slightly. So we still do Irish pubs, but we just, it's not something that we actively chase on a daily basis. But we do a lot of repeat business. In actual fact, yesterday I had a phone call from a customer in Republic of Ireland where uh, they were asking, would we be interested in doing their hotel bar and lounge up that had been. Um, installed in 1993. So they're going to spend about a capex on it next year and that's repeat business coming back. That's amazing. So you fitted out a, a hotel bar. Yep. It's a very complicated, high-end, high-value-added yep. activity back in 1993 and yep. they're getting the same company back yep. to do the refurb. Yep. That's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. That's pretty impressive. Same manager, same <laughs> company. You must have made a good impression. I think we've made a decent impression now. Tell us about the labour force here. We can see some of your workers doing their thing behind us. It's a very impressive factory floor. Where do you get most of your workforce from? Do you train people up from leaving school, leaving technical college? Are they mainly local people or are they mainly people that have come to Northern Ireland? In principle, they're mainly local people. Um, 
I myself trained as an apprentice here, so there was a fairly good training system 25 years ago for people wanting to move into construction trades. Um, that has gone by the wayside now. Uh, so we, we like to train our own people. So where you come in from school at 16 years of age, you come in from school after your A-levels at 18, or you come in from university, we like to train on the job our own people. Um, we like to bring people through the factory. Daddy's first apprentice and first employee is the projects director on our board today. So the first apprentice your father took on yes. back in the late 80s yes. is now on the board of the company. Yes. And you yourself are an apprentice here and now obviously you are yes. the CEO of the company. Yes. I've been in Northern Ireland quite a few days now and I've seen lots of <coughs> signs, vacancies, we need people. There is a shortage of people here in Northern Ireland, isn't there? There is a skill shortage. How are you addressing that? There's certainly a shortage of people and there's certainly a skill shortage. And earlier on in the conversation, we were just talking about we used to have a good training system. Today, from our point of view, we built our own training academy, which is totally at our own costs. It's not government funded. It's a, it's a cost to the business in the short term. In the long term, it's the, it is the foundations for the future of Specialist Group. So we currently take on between eight and 10 apprentices each year. We have our own academy, which is on a separate site. We have a tradesman that has over 50 years experience in bespoke joinery manufacture. And we have teamed up with uh, Strabane uh, Training Services. So they bring the educational side to it. We bring the practical skills to it, which was actually the bit that was missing. And we have about a 50% retention rate on our apprentices for one reason or another. And we believe that the young people that come through that academy, they're the people that will be sitting in this chair in the next 20 years. That's a major commitment on the part of your business, Kieran. You are training your own apprentices from school. I bet competition to get on your training scheme is pretty fierce, given the success of the business. It, it is, yes. It has a fair, decent uptake. So we would probably be looking at about 50 to 60 applicants each year with a, a places of 8 to 10. Um, last year, we, with the pandemic, we took that opportunity um, and we, we brought in some apprentices right throughout the office structure. So in marketing, we have a marketing apprentice, we have a couple of quantity surveying apprentices that are doing their degrees alongside their work. So they're working four days a week and they're doing an off-site day at university and we as a business are backing that. And there's a few others throughout the whole business. How do you feel <coughs> that nationally, across Northern Ireland, across the UK as a whole, there aren't the apprenticeship schemes around that there were. Individual companies like yours who have the ability to do so and the resources are building your own apprenticeship schemes, but surely there should be national apprenticeship schemes. In my opinion, we lost that 20 years ago. There, the voice has not been shouted loud enough for national apprenticeship schemes. We as a country, I think, have moved away from manufacturing, moved away from training people. We're all became very much a service industry. Manufacturing here at home is what needs to happen if you want to build a nation and something strong that isn't depending on other countries deciding that they will shut you off today. And, and if the last 18 months have taught us anything, it should be that we need to put infrastructure in now in order to be fit for the next 10 years. And it won't, it's not a short-term plan. It's going to take a long-term plan. So national apprenticeships, I would be all on for. Training our own people, all on for. Trades at one point were taken as almost 
it was a secondary, second-class citizen's job. Well, I'm a second-class citizen then. That's how I see it. Trades are the foundation. This country, in my opinion, is built on agriculture and manufacturing industry, and we've kind of forgot about them people. You talk about the last 18 months, Kieran. How has the pandemic been for your company? Some manufacturers have done quite well, but you're a labour-intensive business. You're very dependent on resources coming to you, your raw materials, your wood, your metals, your glass. What happened to Specialist Joining Group during the pandemic, and how have you fared as we're coming out of the pandemic? I would say it has been the most trying and challenging 18 months both personally and business ways for each and every individual that works at Specialist Group. Um, we had a lot of different interruptions with, with small shutdowns at the very start, but because we were seen as a business that was um, needed to keep moving, construction kept moving, we were fortunate that we could continue throughout the pandemic. This has been the most difficult part of the pandemic. That Your order book must have been hammered. Because a lot of businesses going into the pandemic, they're going to cancel their refurbishments, aren't they? They're going to cancel their improvements. Did you see orders fall? We saw orders postponed, but we didn't see orders fall off the book. Um, and that was, that was difficult. But I have a fantastic team of people here that have done nothing but strive to be ahead of the pandemic at all times. As a business, before shutdowns or social distancing measures were ever in place, this business had already all that stuff in place a month before the government, where people were getting supplied multivitamins, we were social distancing, um, if we have different lunch times, we were staying within zones. We had done one month ahead of any government legislation coming out last year. So we like to try to keep ahead of the curve, but we found it very difficult to manage the energy cost raises that have been thrown at us, the materials cost raises that have been thrown at us, the labour shortages that have been thrown at us, that's the piece, and that really only hit hard in April 2021. So we are now, we've come through a difficult six months, and we're heading into some new work, some new, um, new prospects. We have a reasonably strong order book for 2022. We have a good vision on 2023. And believe it or not, I believe this business will grow in this current financial year, which finishes for us in April 2022. Tell us about supply chain inflation, Kieran. Tell us about the cost of the wood, the glass, the metal that you have to buy to build the bespoke products that your specialist clients want. It's just been exceptionally difficult. Um, MDF, for example, which would be our core material here in the joinery. Which factory, is like a processed wood it's compound. It's a pro processed uh, board. Yeah. Yeah. MDF, we would use 3,000 sheets a month on average. There was one point we were in a quota for 750. We were picking it up all around the UK and Europe, anywhere we could get it. So it was rationed effectively. Uh, effectively yeah. rationed. At that point, we were paying up on 200% more on occasions than when we should. The true price of the price raises on MDF are between 70 and 90%, but you had people jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. And um, thankfully, that has started to level out a little. So I, I think it's fair to say MDF's trading about 90% more expensive than it would have been this time last year. So it's almost double what it was <laughs> almost this time double. last year. Yeah. And it's not going to go back to what it was, is it? I can't see it. I can't see it. Now, there's other materials. Some haven't moved dramatically. Um, and some have consistently, like aluminium, have consistently moved on a two or three month, every two or three months, another 7%, another 10%. So 
I'd say aluminium today is probably trading at 70-80% more expensive than it was a year ago. We use a lot of that in the metal department. And of course, those with the best will in the world, those price rises are going to get passed on to clients, aren't they? Because you can't, you can't operate at a loss. You'd have to lay people off. Well, that is, that's the difficulty we've found. Our business is built on fixed price lump sum contracts. So when I say the last six months have been difficult, difficult from a financial point of view, because projects were estimated and priced and entered into contract at the, towards the end of 2020, and then you, you have all this stuff to suffer. Um, so we've suffered through that now for the last six months. But we're very fortunate that we've got a, our customer base is repeat business. So albeit our customer is also facing the same challenges, yeah. we are all entering there into new works, and there's a general understanding that we've all suffered, so we must, we must be able to try to pass it on to the end user in the coming months and years ahead. But I think there's a good understanding, and no one got into any real contractual business over the last six months in our industry. Tell us how the protocol's working for you and the business leaders in this region that you know. You're obviously uh, importing some components, some of your wood you source here in the north of Ireland, some of the wood you source from the island of Ireland as a whole, yeah. some from the UK, some from elsewhere. Obviously, the protocol makes it difficult to get goods from GB, if you like, the mainland to Northern Ireland, but it doesn't really impact mm. so far you exporting goods from here in Northern Ireland back to GB. So how's the protocol working? So far, so good. We don't have a major problem getting 25% of our goods come in directly from GB. Yes, there's a bit more paperwork. There's a little bit more legislation around it, but it's not causing weeks and weeks of delays. So we're not experiencing that. Potentially, if we asked our purchasing department, they could look at two items that have caused a difficulty over the last six months. If we're importing in from the island of Ireland, we don't have any issue whatsoever. Um, so I quite, I feel that the whole thing's working reasonably well here in Northern Ireland. The one thing it is doing is it's the potential of the labour shortages. So that is probably European labour coming here to Northern Ireland, whether it's in the food industry or the, the hotel and leisure industry or it's skills, an, an extra boost to the construction industry. There's a shortage of that, so it is having an effect on that. And that bids up the price of labour generally across the piece, yeah. and including you, here. Including here, very much so. There's 30,000 less people within the industry that have left Northern Ireland, basically went home and decided to stay at home. But a business leader's <laughs> higher wage bill is someone else's better standard of living, you hope. That's, you hope, <laughs> you hope, <laughs> you hope. Now, you've lived in Northern Ireland all your life. Your family's been here for several generations, Kieran, you're obviously a very capable guy, you could do what you want in life. You obviously believe very strongly in Northern Ireland in the future of this country and its future prosperity. We've come a long way, haven't we, since the 70s, 80s and 90s? Uh, dramatic difference. Um, dramatic difference. I'm a homebird and this is my home and this is where my roots are, this is where the, my family is, this is the, where the family of specialist group is and I have absolutely no, no aspirations to move anywhere else in the world. I'm not saying that sometime we won't be manufacturing something somewhere else in the world, but here is what we need to look after. Look after, and I think the prospects for Northern Ireland are phenomenal. If we could just clear the little bits of 
political fog out of the way and get on with focusing on our economy and on our people and on the next generation. Because in every good team, you've got to start down at the ground, ground at ground level with the children from four years of age upwards. And I think some of the best manufacturing companies exist here in Northern Ireland. What is the basis of Northern Ireland's future prosperity, in your view, that's led you to live your life here, personally, business-wise, to stay in Northern Ireland, to carry on building this company? Well, we, we live with fantastic people. We have crossed a lot, there's a lot of water has went onto the bridge, and that water's starting to flow a lot clearer now, um, and people are really coming together. Uh, there's an awful lot of skills in Northern Ireland, and there's a, there's a hunger. There's a hunger to build business. There's people in that shop floor today that will be working for themselves in the next 10 years because there's just a wee hunger. Everyone wants to own their own house. They want to work for themselves. They want to live in the countryside. There's a, there's a natural, it's just a natural hunger. What's the, what's the one thing that the government could do to make your life better in terms of employing more people, building this business, adding to the future prosperity? of Northern Ireland and the UK more generally? I think they should talk to their people and support their people. Potentially training schools would be an advantage. Um, yeah, training, training the young and developing the young and not pushing everyone towards third level education where there, you can have third level education. There's a, it's not a joiner anymore. We're wood engineers, we're metal engineers, we're glass engineers. Everything we do is bespoke, it's new. We use technology, we use robotics. There's it's long gone are the days of just a saw and a hammer and a nail being a joiner. Kieran O'Hagan, thanks a lot. Great to see you here on GB News. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot for listening to Money Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a rating and a review on Apple iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening or watching. Please subscribe to Money Talk so you never miss an episode. And check out my TV show, On The Money, which appears at 1pm Monday to Friday on GB News. Or you can catch up via the GB News YouTube channel or app. GB News, Britain's news channel.